The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 this is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning. It's uh, the second hour of the Saturday edition of Pure Opelka. We are moving and grooving, as I like to say. Things are hopping in the world. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There's a vital question already up and popping on Twitter. I encourage you to get get on there and get involved because your opinion is vital. Uh, the question is, do you believe Donald Trump's tweet yesterday was a threat to Jim Comey? Because I do. And currently the voting is pretty split. It's like 41% say yes, 42% say no, 14% of you can't decide. And that tells me that there is a considerable question here to answer. There is a divide. Again, I support the president. I want the truth. I don't want any more inconsistencies. I don't want any of the games on on the statements where you're pitting your own statement against uh, your earlier statements. Just cut it out. And uh, by the way, Those of you on Twitter, thank you for engaging early. So many of you are, Harriet Baldwin's out there, Donna's out there. Uh, I I can't name you all because they're just so so darn many of you. But Donna called me out saying that when I say malware, I'm I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. We're talking about the the invasive software that got into your computer, the, the ransomware in this case, taking over computers and holding your files hostage until you pay. So I asked the computer, how do we say it? How do we pronounce this word? W-R-M-A-L-W-A-R-E. How do we pronounce it? Malware. 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 I'm somewhere between malware and malware. Malware, what you wear at the food court, I guess. We could say that. So uh, thank you for always trying to keep me on the rails, Don. I appreciate it. And uh, so many of you are up early this morning. I'm totally digging it. Looking at what's trending in the world, there's talk about moms and mom bumper stickers and stuff like that. But the number one trending thing this morning is Buster Posey. And I'm thinking, why? what did this San Francisco giant baseball player do that has has made him 
the number one trending topic on the Twitter. Well, it had to do with a game out out west that the um, the Giants were playing the Cincinnati Redlegs, and they're in the seventeenth inning. It's tied two to two. Seventeenth inning. Now this game is over five hours. Some of you who don't understand baseball, it's not that you don't like it, you just don't understand it. Some of you who haven't had the chance to understand the beauty of baseball and and all of the machinations inside baseball would say five hours is too damn long for me. No, no, the game is what it's about. And watching the battle and watching the strategy that goes on between the managers, not just the players, the manager. So when it's two to two in the bottom of the 17th inning and Buster Posey steps to the plate and this happens. Five. Left field. It is out of here. Nice homer. Whoever was. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. We're going home. Everybody was thinking about it, and Buster Posey delivers on the expectation. Kind of a nice moment. One of those things that you go, that's why he's trending on the Twitter. That's why Buster Posey's trending on the Twitter. And you know, the stands were were about uh, a, an eighth filled. And I think that announcer said it best. He said probably what everybody else in the room or in the stadium or watching at home said. We're going home now. (laughs) We're going home. (laughs) Well done. Very well done. Uh, So uh, that's why Buster Posey is trending. Uh, Also, um, answering the question, we were talking about the FBI director, and I want to get to some of the possible new FBI director choices that are are lingering out there. Um, Why a 10-year contract? For the FBI director, why? Why not a four-year contract? Well, the idea is to keep the FBI director a non-political, non-partisan position. That if you give the FBI director a 10-year contract, they will span the, uh, the, the possible two terms any president could have and then some. So in this case, if somebody comes in under Donald Trump, this person could be could be in that job over two Trump terms and then the uh, the 2024 presidential election winner, whoever the rock, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. So Pre- President Johnson, another President Johnson could be there with whomever is chosen as FBI director. Now, some of the names that are popping up for the FBI director I find kind of fascinating. I, I have said, um, I, have said I, I would not mind Trey Gowdy. And if you were here yesterday and heard me talking with Senator Chris Coons, and we were talking about the Senate and their, their job to approve the next FBI director, when I said... Uh, Trey Gowdy, Senator Coons actually laughed out loud <laughs> and said he's too partisan. Well, I don't have a problem with that. And I, I know the right would absolutely have a huge problem 
with Trey Gowdy after how he questioned Hillary Clinton on her emails. He's a little too aggressive for many on the right, but see, on the left. I believe law and order is needed, especially in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The guy's got it. But but now, uh, just this morning, they were, they were banding about a few names in terms of who could be the FBI director. One of the names that we talked about earlier in this week that you and I talked about here on this show was uh, the current acting director, Mr. McCabe. He looks like he's right out of central casting, doesn't he? He absolutely looks like a guy who would star as the FBI director in the movies. And, and so uh, I, I think he probably deserves a look. Although if he, based on what he said in his testimony, that everybody in the agency is still loyal to Jim Comey, I think immediately the White House is going to say, no, no, sorry, no can do. So I think although McCabe is probably a good guy, he's, he's not going to be the choice. And uh, is this the time where somebody also says, hey, you know what we need? You know what we absolutely have to have here? We need a female director of the FBI. Because fairness. So... Who's the female director of the FBI candidate? And why is it just because we haven't had one? Why, why, if you're the person who is best qualified, should your gender come into it? Because fairness. Fairness, that's, that's the rule. There's also a, a New York federal judge, uh, Judge Garcia, who's being considered apparently and Senator John Cornyn. John Cornyn as FBI director? I don't know. I, I still go back to uh, my choice would be, and, you know, if, if I reshaped the Trump cabinet and the Supreme Court, it would be decidedly packed with constitutionalists and conservatives. You, you know, next Supreme Court justice, okay, Mike Lee would be fine. Okay, Ted Cruz would be fine. Uh, next FBI director, there's only one choice for me, and it's Trey Gowdy, and, and I know it's not going to happen, but a boy can dream, right? A boy can dream. So we should hear something. They keep kind of hinting that it'll, it'll happen any day now, and uh, the president's been a little quiet about it. I think he's, he's spending a little time uh, with Melania. She showed up at the White House yesterday holding a uh, kind of a Mother's Day thing. And, and Donald Trump, the president, came in and he, he didn't exactly uh, photobomb it. He came in and took over the thing. So he was doing a little, um, a little presidential politicking, which I think is fine. It's great, as a matter of fact. So I, I don't know if we're going to hear from the president this weekend. Here's, a, here's an interesting, just total sidebar question that popped into my head thinking about the president. And what he's going to do this weekend. You're Donald Trump. It's Mother's Day weekend. You actually have um, three, three mothers in your immediate life. You have uh, Ivana Trump. You have Marla Maples Trump. And, and now you have the First Lady. All of whom are mother to children that you have fathered. 
What a dilemma for Donald Trump. Yesterday we talked with Chamont, who uh, works on this show during the week, and he has a mom and a stepmom, and he visits both. Will Donald Trump have to send a Mother's Day notice to all three of the moms? Will that... <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just causing trouble. And the way the president likes to play golf... Will he abstain from playing golf this weekend in order to spend some quality time with Baron Trump's mom? Because after all, Mother's Day, kind of important. Uh, I know this. I'm missing my mom for the first time. Stepping aside for a minute, when we get back, I have what I think is good news about North Korea. I'm reminding you to go. And uh, take the uh, vital question of the day about Donald Trump's tweet about the tapes. Was it a threat? Uh, we have to talk about the Pope and what he's doing in Fatima in Portugal. And have you ever eaten a ghost pepper? Have you ever been so brave slash foolish to eat a ghost pepper? Oh boy, I have a story for you and we'll get to it just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy. It is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. So much to talk about today. So absolutely much to talk about today. And uh, later in the show, I have to get to um, a couple of stories about a couple of jerks who uh, messed up traffic in um, New York, New Jersey, and, and Portland. You'll see. Kind of crazy stories. There is news being bounced around the, uh, the world of news, around our world here, that says um, North Korea might have uh, good news for us. This might be a, a, bit, of, a bit of hope that the rogue nation is coming into, into line with the rest of the, of the globe. There is, you know, we have no diplomatic relationship with North Korea. So if anything happens, and again, we now have four Americans being held in North Korea, three who all have the word Kim in their name, because that's a very popular name in that part of the world, and a guy named Otto Warmbier, which 
you know, still makes me laugh and I feel bad for the guy. But there was word out of North Korea this week uh, from a person who escaped the rogue nation that there are many, many, many Americans being held that we just don't know about, which makes me uh, upset. And I hope we're doing something about it. But apparently some of the squeezing of China is starting to work and some of the squeezing by China, because we have told China, look, you guys are the key to North Korea behaving. You give them basically food and water and money. So if China withholds some of the support it's giving North Korea, th things could things could uh, turn out a little bit better. Consider Consider what's happened. We haven't had a missile test since the failed one of about two weeks ago. And we know, we, we believe, most of us believe that America infiltrated that network and somehow has managed to control those missiles. But it's a matter of time before they, uh, before they get, uh, get their system secured and start launching missiles and testing missiles again. But we have been worried about a nuclear test for, I think, about a month now. And there has not been one. If there, if there is a nuclear test in the very near future from North Korea, an underground test, then I think there's cause for concern. But there are indications this morning that the Norks, as we like to call them, the Norks are interested in talking. And... To me, that, that's a good thing, because we don't want a war with North Korea. And the other thing about this that, that makes me feel good is that we have Trump and Tillerson at the head of whatever discussions will happen, as opposed to Obama and Kerry. These are the guys who basically... Um, we have, and pardon my, my graphic language, but we've been bent over. In, in foreign negotiations in the past couple of years. But I don't think Tillerson and Trump will be the bend-over boys. I think they will be the guys who stand up and say, no, we're going to fight. You're not spanking us. So uh, I, I'm happy to hear that there are sources, trusted sources that I have, that believe that we're going to have, um, that we're going to have talks. We're going to have actual substantive talks with North Korea. Now, if that ends with us giving another pile of money to North Korea, no. But see, I don't think Donald Trump plays that game. I don't think he plays the appeasement game. Look at his actions with the Moab. Look at his actions with the 60 cruise missiles we launched in Syria and 59 of them hit. So good news out of uh, North Korea. Very good news out of North Korea. Happy, 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 happy news. Um, I still want that little guy busted back. I still think he needs to. He needs to. He needs to go. But you know, maybe China's making that decision now. Again, the problem with getting Kim Jong Un out is that this this population in North Korea believes this family are descended from the gods that uh, the original, the grandpappy was a god. The father of Kim Jong-un was a god. And now they believe the dear leader, the current dear leader, is also a god. His kids aren't old enough to take over. Uh, they're not going to make his wife the next leader. 
and his brother was just killed. He says we did it. It's more likely that he did it to eliminate. See, that was China's insurance policy. If you, uh, if you keep the, um, the brother alive, and they kept him in Macau as a uh, high-rolling gambler guy for the last few years, but he was ready to go and step in. But now there is no option. And you certainly don't want to turn it over to any of those hundreds of generals that are there. So talks, possibility of talks with the Norks, great idea. Happy about that. Um, there are a couple other things we have to talk about. So when we get back, I want to talk about free speech. Uh, I need to talk about this ghost pepper. There's a Second Amendment segment coming up today. And the Pope. What's the Pope up to? What's the Pope up to? The Pope's uh, out doing some public business today. And um, I, I'm a little mad at a at another another Catholic institution that's kind of letting me down. As a matter of fact, the largest Catholic college in the country is doing something I consider to be just just awful, terrible. And I'll share it with you just around the corner. Uh, and, uh, of course, the story of the two really big jerks that we have to get to. It is a Saturday on Pure Opelka. Good morning, and thanks for being here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. I'm going to say this uh, at least every hour. If you're on a Windows machine, update your damn software. When you get the notice from Windows that says we plugged a security hole, fix it. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not a nefarious attempt to get inside your machine by the Windows people. If they wanted to do that, they could. What they're trying to do is to prevent you from getting caught up in the same kind of ransomware problem that's happening to the rest of the world. Okay, lecture over. A little bit of history today, right? A little bit of history taken on the day. Uh, the Pope is in the history files today. Pope John Paul II, a Pope that I certainly appreciated as a Catholic a pope that I witnessed in person from about eight feet away as he was getting ready to celebrate the Mass on Christmas Eve. And Glenn Beck and I had weaseled our way into the Vatican and actually gotten into St. Peter's, and we were sitting almost right on the aisle. So when he came by, I actually have a photo somewhere, I should dig that up, of the pope giving us a little bonus blessing as he walked by. It was a pretty cool moment, and I used to say that you go, as a Catholic, if you go to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve in Rome with the Pope, that's, you get a get-out-of-hell-free card. 
So you can just, you, you find yourself dead and you're going to the hot place. You just, boom, midnight mass, Vatican with the Pope on the aisle. Bing. You get a free pass. Just saying. That's not really in, in Catholic law. It's, uh, it's an assumption. But uh, it was on this date in 1981, and I remember it distinctly, that Pope John Paul II was shot and wounded as he was traveling in St. Peter's Square in Rome. Uh, it's also the incident that sparked the creation of the Pope Mobile, the, uh, the vehicle with the bubble top that allows a Pope to travel around uh, in a bulletproof vehicle, but still be visible to the faithful, and he can drive around and wave. Uh, the current Pope doesn't seem to be using the Pope Mobile too much, but Pope John Paul was was in St. Peter's Square, and there's some weird stuff to the story of Pope John Paul II being shot by uh, a Turkish terrorist named uh, Mehmet Ali Aga. Now, this terrorist was um, was already a convicted murderer. And as the Pope was coming by, he, he fired off a few shots. He wounded a couple of tourists, and the Pope was hit. He was nailed immediately. Now, here's the weird part of the story, because obviously, you know, Pope, Pope John Paul II survived, and, the, and the, the chapters of this story of this attempted assassination of the Pope after that are even more fascinating to me, and maybe you know them, maybe you don't. But here's the weird part of, of uh, Aliaga's plan. He didn't set out to kill the Pope. That was not his intention. He wanted to go to England and kill the king. And then he finds out, wait a minute, there isn't a king of England right now. There's only a queen. And he reportedly told the courts this because he was when he was caught and tried in Italy, uh, he was being grilled. on why did you do this? And he goes, well, I didn't set out. I didn't set out to kill the pope. Uh, I wanted to kill the king of England. They found out there's no king. There's just a queen. And and Turks don't shoot women. Good to know. Thanks a lot for that, Aliaga. He also apparently tried to tie himself to the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. And they went, oh, hold on. Nope, not our guy. Not our guy. So he shoots the Pope on May 13th. Thank God the Pope survived. His trial is, is in July. And he, he said, Italy, you can't try me. You can't, you can't prosecute me. The, this crime occurred in another country, in the Vatican. And uh, the, the Italians went, no, sorry, you're, you're being tried here, pal. Two days his trial lasted. He was found guilty. Two days. Can you imagine if the O.J. Simpson trial only needed two days, how much time we would have saved as this, as this country? He was sentenced to life in prison, and he, he went to prison, but got out in 2010. And I remember over the course of his imprisonment, the Pope actually visited him to forgive him, which was an amazing example. I don't know, again, I don't know if I'm, I'm as strong as some of these people who stand up in front of TV cameras and say they forgive the person who killed their loved ones, or if I could look at the person who would shoot me and say, I forgive you. you know, maybe I could. 
maybe. But uh, there, there's so many ancillary stories to this assassination attempt on the Pope, and they, they culminate today because Pope Francis happens to be in Portugal at, at, um, at the Chapel of the Apparitions and um, marking a pretty important moment in, in Catholicism as, as he is remembering and honoring the three shepherd children who had the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. And this is the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the, uh, the patron saint of miracles and prophecies. And two of the children, two of the children who witnessed this vision um, are being beatified, being made saints. And the third is actually on the way to sainthood. But this is a very sacred site. And so it also has a connection, not just because of the date of, uh, of, this, of this apparition, but it also has a connection because a year after he was shot, this is amazing to me, a year after he was shot, Pope John Paul II took the bullet that had been inside of him, the bullet that threatened his life, the bullet that almost took that life from the Pope. And he traveled to Fatima, and he placed it in the crown on the shrine at Fatima. Kind of amazing. Because he was shot on that feast day. And so he wanted to, to mark that moment and, and thank, be thankful for the, the saving of his life. And today there are some 600,000 people gathered in Portugal, as the Pope is saying Mass. A solemn occasion, also a celebration. And this Pope, while I disagree with a lot of his uh, socialist leanings and some of the things he said, he's a pretty charismatic guy. And he is out there pushing peace. And as we talked last segment about the North Koreans reportedly being willing to talk and not focusing so much on war because, you know, when you get hungry, you're less interested in a fight, aren't you? You're more interested in a sandwich. So as we, as we have a hopeful sign about peace, we have a pope who is visiting a major shrine in the Catholic faith and honoring the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the saint uh, of miracles and prophecies. And many of those prophecies have been about war but also about peace. So maybe there's peace in the wind. Maybe. Just maybe. A little bit of history today. I know there are other stuff that happened today. I know Stu is probably all caught up in the James K. Polk history today, and maybe we'll mention that later. But today, in my world, it's about the anniversary of Pope John Paul II being shot and surviving, and then exactly a year later, celebrating his survival and placing that bullet that was inside him that almost took his life in the crown on Our Lady of Fatima at the Church of the Apparitions, a place I would love to go. I got to put that on the bucket list. It is um, Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We will... uh, we will step aside. When we get back, uh, I know, I know, I, t- I promised you I'd talk to you about peppers because there's some guy who did something totally ridiculous. We have a Second Amendment segment that's coming up, 
and an update on whatever the heck is happening in the madness of the world, I think I have a fake news segment for you. I think I have a pretty solid fake news segment for you, and we'll get to it around the corner on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Busy day as we are trying to keep up on all the news. We've talked to you about the uh, computer malware that's out there, the ransomware that's hitting computers in over 100 countries now. We're talking about the president planning his first trip overseas. And uh, we know he's going to Saudi Arabia. We know he's going to, I think he's stopping by Rome. I don't know if there will be a papal visit. We were just talking about the Pope, as this is the the anniversary of uh, Pope John Paul II being shot, and it's also the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima for those who are Catholics. Important story to Catholics. To some, a, a mesmerizing tale. It's, it's really fascinating, uh, to me anyway. Uh, and... And we are asking you the vital question today, among all the other news that we're covering, that vital question being Donald Trump's tweet to Jim Comey about you better hope there aren't any tapes before you go leaking anything to the press. Was that a threat? Because um, I kind of feel I kind of feel like it is. That's me saying, yes, it is. It's it's not exactly a. it's not exactly a veiled threat. I think it's pretty much an out-and-out threat. So I asked the question. It's on my Twitter account. Is Donald Trump's tweet about the tapes a threat? Currently, 48% of you are saying, yes, it is. 39% saying no, and 13 aren't certain. So, look, we're pretty split on this. So if you want to tell me that it's not a threat, I- I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear why you think it isn't a threat. Why you think it's it's not a threat? And I know the president's allowed his free speech. Right, I get it. All right. Now, uh, speaking of free speech, the the story that's on the blaze, and it's also in a couple different places, about a high school, a high school that pulled back all the yearbooks. Now, usually, usually when a school puts out a yearbook. And uh, then suddenly the somebody notices, did you see that these guys put a hidden message in the yearbook? And they go back and they try and grab them all. And then the students get threatened with, you're not going to get your diplomas for what you've done here. It's usually a bit of a stunt. Usually some young jack wagon student trying to put together a goofy statement that's going to be hidden in the yearbooks. And if you if you end up reading the yearbook on whatever pages they tell you, you'll get the hidden message. Well, no, this was not uh, not even that nefarious. This was um, this was this was a harmless statement from kids who are graduating from high school and will be adults. And what message are we giving them? 
they put in the quote. You know how you're allowed to put a little quote in your, your yearbook picture or with your yearbook file? The quote was, build that wall. Build that wall. Uh, some people, snowflakes, you know who you are, say that any reference to building the wall is hurtful and racist to classmates who might be minor- who are minorities. Well, wait a minute. How is how is calling someone a minority versus calling someone an illegal immigrant? How is that going to be offensive to a minority? If if someone says, "Look, Donald Trump, I voted for Trump. I want him to secure the borders, and if securing the borders means building the wall, build the wall." But no, because a couple of people complained the 259 students who were allowed to share a quote under their picture in the yearbook, and a few of them put, build that wall. They've had to recall all the books. Now, thankfully, thankfully the school wasn't too embarrassed because only 22 yearbooks had been pre-ordered and only a handful had been distributed before they were recalled by the principal, Principal Tanya Waddell who said those were taken back the same morning and the rest were not distributed. We can't have this kind of filth going out among the students. No, she didn't say that. That's me pretending to be the principal. We cannot have this kind of filth going out among the students. What kind of language are we going to allow here? She did say, as a district, we do not and will not tolerate inappropriate conduct toward any of our students. I wonder if they're patrolling the halls and watching high school kids and how they behave in the halls. And what are the kids going to get? Well, they're going to get a refund. The school doesn't know if they're going to put out a yearbook. So you want to talk about silencing speech. You want to talk about fairness. You want to talk about diversity of opinion. You're missing it here. You're totally missing it here. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.